It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, guys, and thank you for tuning in to another special episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today's guest is our buddy, Coach Riley Kilbride, who's making his return to tell us what all he's been up to in Goodyear, Arizona. In this episode, we address the rumors swirling about the changes with CrossFit HQ and CrossFit Regionals. Riley's also talking about his experience with CrossFit kids, including his work at a local Montessori school. And Riley gives us some really solid advice about how to be a better coach. And you definitely want to pay attention to that because Riley's been doing this for a while, and he's just good at connecting with people. Riley's coming up, but before we get to that, keep in mind that this is renewal year and we have two Con Ed courses coming up that are both open to anyone, but they're also eligible for CU's physical therapist. The first one is one of our past guests, Donnie Thompson, and he's bringing his body temperance certification to Columbia, South Carolina, which is November 3rd and 4th. And Josh is actually an instructor for that one, and it's going to sell out quick. And then my clinic, Vertex PT, is hosting Chris Johnson's Clinical Running Essentials, migrating runners out of the medical system. And I don't know anyone who blends the PT and running worlds better than Chris. So be sure to follow us on Instagram for all of that. Josh is at CPT underscore strength, and mine is at Vertex PT. Finally. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on iTunes. That's what helps us reach more people. All right, now let's get to Riley Kilbride right here, right now on the Better Faster Podcast. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I have a very special guest and a repeat guest, the one and only Riley Kilbride. Riley, how you doing, buddy? Nice. I guess I'm the first guy to ever come back on this podcast, so that's something special. I think you might be, man. I think you may be the first uh, two-time veteran for the Better hey, Faster Podcast. Know, I want some type of recognition <laughs> for, the, for the being the people's champ. The people's champ, yes. There will be a belt in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> um, so for those who, um, who maybe haven't listened to the episode, we'll have to look back and see what number it was, but it was pretty early on. You were one of our first guests. Can you tell uh, the people just a little bit about yourself? Yes. Yeah, so my name is Riley Kilbride. I was a former coach at Carolina CrossFit. I uh, moved out to Phoenix, Arizona to coach at uh, CrossFit Fury, uh, actually in Goodyear, Arizona. It's been a relatively awesome experience coming to something new, trying new things, coaching new people. So it's just been really cool to uh, watch this podcast grow as well. Josh and uh, Brandon are doing a good job of uh, educated me even when I'm not there. So it's been pretty cool. 
<laughs> we appreciate that, buddy. I know we we recorded with you last time. It was right before you moved. So it was actually all three of us in person in a room in Vertex that wasn't even completed yet. It was like a new treatment room. <laughs> it didn't even have a door on it. So uh, we are proud to say that the Vertex treatment room has also been completed. So uh, a lot a lot got on that since then, man. Started yeah, it's now the bottom. Now we're here. That's all right, man. It's now the pelvic floor room, so I don't want to go anywhere near that. Yeah, yeah. We haven't entered that room since that conversation. No. Perfect. Better, better than you guys don't do that. Dude, but in other news, let the people know that uh, Riley actually has graciously accepted my uh, proposal to him to be one of my groomsmen next summer. So big yes. shout out to Riley. He kind of had to come on the podcast. Uh, probably felt obligated now. I was actually um, part of the contract. Like, oh, yeah. yeah well, like, it was really funny. Josh, like, called me and got real serious and, like, kind of, like, I call it a proposal. He kind of, like, proposed. <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, like, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, we be my wedding? I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> he oh, said man. yes. He said yeah. yes. I could hear it in Josh's voice. He was so pleased. Oh, I know, man. I was shedding a tear the whole time. <laughs> um, no. But anyway, man, um, we got a lot to talk about, man, especially in the world of CrossFit. So I think that's where we're going to go with this because some – recent announcements um, of some proposed changes from the competitive side of CrossFit kind of have the world stirring um, or this functional fitness world stirring. I know I, my phone blew up. I'm sure yours did too. Um, so can you tell, tell the people if they haven't heard already, what, what's going down right now? Well, apparently there will be a no regionals anymore. Regionals is not a thing. So kind of uh, spinning people on their heads a little bit and I've seen a lot of like backlash already on social media and people are freaking out. And like, I think we just need to pause and wait and see what happens and let the dust settle and actually, actually wait for CrossFit to make a real announcement because it's all rumors right now, but no regionals are going to change the season up a little bit, but I mean, you just got to wait and see, man. Yep. Okay. What, I mean, what do we know? I mean, apparently some people got fired, right? Didn't they drain the swamp? 40, 50 people at HQ some jobs some uh, some jobs lost as well so um I'm I'm again I don't know the facts yet I'm not any tied to anything HQ but uh there's definitely change among like change is coming so that's always sometimes a good thing man I think change sometimes is a good thing open to change change is always a good thing so what do you think is going to happen man because we know sometimes speculation is more fun than the truth exactly (laughs) what do you predict Um, how's this going to go down Personally, for me, nothing really is going to change. But for these higher level, for these higher level athletes, um, I think that they can make it more of a profession. There's going to be a longer season, more opportunities for companies to sponsor these guys. So these upper echelon athletes, it's going to turn into more of a more of a job and more of a full career. I think, which is good for them. Yeah, man, it's interesting for sure. I think this release, so to give people just a little bit more background, CrossFit, the headquarters itself, the people who are putting on the games have not made any formal announcement, uh, but there have been articles from unnamed sources and, and some named sources too. Glassman's come out and said um, some different things about, the, uh, you know, change being needed and talked about, you know, certain, you know, things about in terms of money, which is obviously a big factor in all of this. So um, nothing official has been said, but um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, if these articles, like they put these out, you said there's already been backlash, which is true. I've seen a ton of backlash. Like did CrossFit intentionally leak a bunch of this stuff, see how people respond and it, I was going to wait, let the dust settle, see what they can get away with and then decide, you know, after they hear everybody and what they have to say. 
Yeah, these guys are smart. It's not their first rodeo. Like they're 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 professional. So, but one thing I do want to add is that I think this is going to be a good thing for the coaching community. It's like this is kind of almost giving the power back to the affiliate a little bit. You know, really like making these coaches that affiliates really feel like the rock stars that they are, and not really glorifying these games athletes as much as they have been in the past. Like the real work that's going down in the affiliates and. I think that's more, it should be recognized more than, you know, a year. But isn't, but wouldn't that be like Glassman basically succumbing to the participation trophy culture? If he's trying to make it more inclusive. You know what I mean? Well, well, he's almost making it less inclusive from the game standpoint. Cause under the new, the new format, it's going to, if you live in say the United States, it's going to be exponentially harder to make it to the games now. Now, because they have said something of, along the lines of every country will be represented. If you live in a very um, sparsely populated country or a country with a very small number of affiliates and a lower number of participation, yes, maybe you now have an easier shot. Um, for instance, Antarctica and its one affiliate uh, of those like 16 researchers, they now have a shot. But the United States, you know, it's going to be very, very tough. So yeah, I, don't I don't know how much participation trophy or it goes into it. No, that's I true. Really, I don't really want to watch someone like, I mean, the most competitive athletes on the male side, at least, are, are mostly, I mean, top 15 are American guys. So, I mean, it's going to be hard to watch Matt Fraser beat up on a guy from my Antarctica, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Americans should get it. Yeah, from a spectator standpoint, it's getting less interesting to me. I agree. America should get at least 10 spots. I mean, it's the greatest country in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> But but it it really is compelling because I'm curious what the intent is because I feel like if they're trying to make it more appealing to the masses, then they would have let Castro go as well. I mean, (laughs) look at this last games. I mean, I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, who wants to watch a marathon row? I mean, that's a cure for insomnia. Yeah. I was transfixed by those little yellow boats on the screen, though. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but, <laughs> well, no, I we think – We definitely, like, kept it on at our gym. and Just, like, every 45 minutes would look up, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but think about it from, like, a casual perspective. I mean, yeah. someone who's just tuning in maybe wants to – I mean, it's like they make a spot for, like, the, the Ocho or something where it's going to yeah. appeal to people who, like, watch cricket and soccer. No offense Dude, to soccer fans. <laughs> All professional cornhole on TV now, so I can't even like I can't get down. <laughs> yes. with Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I I understand the monetary perspective of it because other than the games itself, where the games I believe they make some money because they have some big sponsors and they sell sixty thousand tickets, but all the regionals events, all the open announcements, all those things, the teams or the invitational, all those lose money. Um, Glassman even threw out there he lost a couple million dollars in um, in terms of how expensive it was for the Latin American regional and it sent two athletes to the games because that was but they knew that going in only two were going to go from that region but so for them this idea of making uh regionals essentially you know outsourcing those to these other big competitions that already make money already have this following already have prize money there um it does turn into more of a season almost as if it's golf or track and field where um you have yeah everybody's going to turn into like the the uh, the masters, right. But there are so many other events in golf that, you know, you can go if you are trying to make, you know, this a career and go and try to win money and also qualify for those big tournaments like the masters or track and field over a season, accumulating a number of points to be able to qualify for the next stage. So I I can see it. I can actually see this maybe being a good thing, 
but it really sucks for those people who are just like fringe regional athletes, mm-hmm. like the ones who are trying to go on a team or, or, or something like that. Cause essentially you've done away with like, uh, with affiliates having teams, you know, cause I think these sanctioned events, you can just sign up with whoever. So you're going to just have super mm-hmm. teams pop up left and right. Okay. What's the reaction been with your clients, Josh, those fringe at uh, regionals athletes? Um, I, I think everyone's just really ready to get some clarity from HQ. Um, I think the initial part is some people are some upset. Um, they, they are confused that, you know, people don't understand the why, um, they, the way I'm approaching it is until we have details, all we can do is continue to work to becoming the most well-rounded athletes that we can and hope that the new system rewards that. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we haven't really changed our approach yet, uh, but I definitely say some people are upset. That's for sure. I mean, I could see why they'd be upset, but I mean, I, I, as an athlete, I have the mindset that like, you know, that whatever goal that I was chasing, whatever that may be, like, now we just have to reassess and find a new goal. Like, I'm still going to do the work. I'm still going to want to train. I'm still going to want to lift. Like, you know, at times, uh, goals just change. You have to reassess and, you know, you just find new goals. Yeah, man. Well, let's um, let's ch- change gears a little bit here. I want to uh, talk to you um, a little bit about something that you've started recently. I know you went and, and attended a CrossFit Kids certification, and now you're working with some some kids from a Montessori. I'd love to hear how that experience is going and, and what you thought about the CrossFit Kids cert. The CrossFit Kids cert to me was awesome. I enjoyed it. You know, you, you can take what you want from it. You can actually use a lot of the things you learn for the kids, for the big kids, a.k.a. the adults. So it was, uh, it was like I was taking two, uh, two things from one cert how to deal with kids and then how to deal with the adults as well. Um, they kept it really light and they, the, the John Gary was the guy that ran the show. And let me tell you, this guy was amazing. Uh, he dropped some heavy science on us and then they kept it really practical, kept it really light with like showing us things we could do with the kids. I thought it was great. I, I mean, I like learning. I like learning new things like how to load these kids, how, what kind of things that these kids actually need, like from a physical activity standpoint, and honestly, just the big takeaway was like, you got to let kids be kids sometimes, man. You got to let them run free and you got to, if they're moving, then we're winning, you know? Yeah. Keep it fun. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you is there, did they present any kind of like long-term development model that, uh, you know, that they're preaching in terms of like, I know from NSCA and some other people, they have these, or, you know, you, uh, especially United States weightlifting, they have kind of these different stages where kids are in, you know, this fundamental stage where they're learning how to train or you're not focused anything on competing. And, and during these different phases, there's different levels of structure and different levels of play. Do they have any kind of framework like that that they presented? They kind of broke it down into age groups. So they started with the younger, like the younger ages and how to kind of work with these kids. And then they moved it up maybe from like, you know, five to seven, five to eight to, eight to 12 and then you have your 12 to 16 17 year olds and kind of like how to how to coach these movements the foundational movements how to uh execute and like how to reward them when they do good how to reward them when they do bad you know it's, it was a good uh good uh, little parenting course as well um, oh man <laughs> yeah. R- yeah riley did they uh did they take some time to dispel some of the myths surrounding kids and, and weightlifting just yeah. Old school yeah. stuff about like it'll stunt your growth and things yeah, like that. I mean, that How was, was that discussed? Yeah, they uh, it actually was a really big science lecture, and I'm a really big science nerd, so he kind of dove into that. John Gary did, and kind of like dispelled all rumors and like you know, kind of like impact loading for these kids. Like when they're just learning how to move, like 
that's going to be really good for kids jumping, you know, bounding, landing, you know, just learning how to move their body a little bit. And the big takeaway for me from a science, science way was this, they talk about vestibular work. So rolling around, like, you know, spinning, like for these kids, like that's going to be very beneficial for them. It was a new, it was a new concept for me. So I walked away with that. No, I like that. That yeah. that's interesting. I wouldn't even think that would really get discussed. Uh, that's yeah. that's a big that's a big component, though. I mean, <clears throat> I, I know that <clears throat> there's still some parents that still have that belief that if you have your child lifting weights, that you're going to stunt their growth. You're going to cause early closure of the growth plate. And you know, from what I understand, the guy that made that claim back in the '80s actually reversed his own claim. But it's amazing how some things still kind of stick around. Yeah, they, and, pro- they prioritize the weights a little bit in the later, like, later ages. I mean, they might give the kids, like, a cone that they have to lift or, like, something like that, the younger bit, longer ones. Right. But, yeah, they'll get into more. I mean, those weightlifting teams, like, the teens classes, dude, like, they're rough. Like, the kids yeah. get after it. Like, there was a kid at the game that snatched, like, 275 pounds this past year. Like, Jeez. they're getting after it as kids, and which I think is only a good thing. Yeah. And, and the, the point I wanted to kind of make with that is like, so let's say even if there was a risk, which there isn't, keep in mind that the leading cause of death in the U.S. is still cardiovascular disease. Exactly. And, you, and you still have over 100 million U.S. citizens with pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes. So, you know, exercise isn't the enemy. It's your kids probably sitting around playing Fortnite all day and eating fast food every other meal. And, and there's some real world implications there, too. I mean, one of our PTs, Pat Casey, he talks about this all the time. He's actually a full time PT at Fort Jackson where the recruits come in for basic training. And they're seeing these 18, 19-year-old people with crazy injuries, like these, these massive like tibial spiral fracture just from running because they've gone their whole life without getting any exercise, any play outside, and they pay for it in adulthood. So that stuff is, is so important to start early in life. Yeah, well, if you think about it, like if you can get to those kids early enough and like break that chain, break that cycle of, you know, not being active and eating like, like garbage and stuff like that, if we can break it from an early age and they, they don't fear exercise and they, they see it as a, as something that's fun and like we can make it fun for them. Like that changes their whole lives. Like they're not going to look at exercise like a punishment. I'm like, dude, I get to work out today. I get to like do squats and pull-ups and sometimes we go over here and play a game and like, it's really fun to them. Like we gotta, we gotta break that chain of exercise as a punishment. I think, I think it's important. Yeah. I imagine you probably thrive in that environment. You seem like you had a good personality to get yeah, the, just, just to make it. <laughs> Me and the kids no. both share uh, shiny object syndrome, so we, <laughs> we go pretty quickly. We can move on and uh, and have a good time. So now that you've kind of been through this and getting get some experience, how important do you feel like it is for the parents to reinforce this and maybe model this behavior? You know what's awesome about CrossFit Fury that I just like have been blown away with is that they have a daycare in the middle of the gym. So it's not tucked away in the corner. It's not in the back of the it's in the building. It's in the middle. So the kids are in the middle and they're lining up against the, the wall, the, the, like the gate that opens them up and they're watching their kid, uh, their parents work out. Like, how awesome is that? Like, what kind of example are you setting for your, your kids? Like, your kids are watching you work out. Like, what better role model is that? Like, if you prioritize your health. And That's so important, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And the kids watch it like it's, like it's TV. Like, the kids yeah. love it. Kids, kids awesome. do what they see, not necessarily what you say. So that's, that's, that's great. That's yeah, great, man. Cool. Yeah, and I know you're getting to implement this a little bit at a Montessori. Can you talk a little bit about how that's going and, yeah, and so what you're a, taking away from that? We have a really cool partnership with a Montessori here in Goodyear. And uh, for their physical activities, for their PE, they have, uh, they have us come in and work with the kids. There's a younger age group and there's an older age group. And 
kind of like the, the training's pretty similar. You're going to give the older uh, kids a little bit more complex movements and stuff like that. But I mean, these kids are sharp as a tack. They, um, they learn fast and they, they listen, which is great too. Um, the homework I gave them last week was uh, to eat a vegetable every day and or a once a day and bring back how many vegetables you ate. I returned the next week and they created a bar graph with how many different vegetables and how many of that vegetable they ate. So these kids are just knocking it out of the park and they're moving and they love coming. So it's, it's, it's a good learning environment for them and it kind of breaks up their day and I'm having a blast too. So it's, it's been really cool for me. That's awesome, man. I think that's, yeah, I can, I, like Brandon said, I can see you excelling in that environment, man. And I think those kids are, are lucky to have you there doing that, man. And uh, I'm lucky to hang out with them, man. They, they, uh, <laughs> they good life. yeah. And I want, um, you know, I have had the, the pleasure uh, to learn and grow as a coach with you for years now. And I know that uh, you are always preaching a few things when you talk to other coaches that are kind of your keys to, success when it comes to coaching a group and uh, I want to see if we can get in that you know if you had to pick say three things that were the most important things uh, that you are three things that you would tell to a new uh, aspiring group coach um, what would those be man if you had to narrow it down man it could be a long list it could be a long list but the, the things that I have in mind are very easy like you don't have to be the most educated guy in the room or the most experienced it's honestly just simple things you can put into practice. Um, I think number one, just being present, acting like you want to be there, you know, like your presence and attitude is, is always key. Like how are you, even your body language, like are your arms folded up? Like how are you presenting yourself to your athletes will dictate the kind of interactions you're going to have with them. Like they, they read body language more than anything. If you've got your hands crossed and you act like you've got something better to do, they, they definitely can, they, they vibe off of that. They can tell if you're into it or you're not. I can, I can attest to that for sure. I like that, man. 80% of, uh, 80% of communication is nonverbal. So that body language is huge. People pick up on that before they even, they even know it. It's yeah. like a subconscious thing. When people come into the gym and they ask me like, Hey, Riley, how are you? I was like, today is the best day of my life so far because it's the only thing that I'm is real. I'm here trying to help you guys. Like this is the only thing that's real right now. It's me. So we're going to get after it. And then when they hear that, they're like, okay, we're, we're on board. So you got to smile, make eye contact, be enthusiastic. Definitely. Definitely. If you want a real connection with a person, look them in the eyes, man. There's so much screen screen work going on. In, in this world now with phones and uh, computers, but an eye to eye interaction is like, is worth its weight in gold nowadays, I think. All right. So that's kind of like two right there. We got be present, be in the moment, you know, you got to treat this like this is the best hour of your day and you got to make it. So it's the best hour of that person's day. And you kind of mentioned the second one, which is really trying to create uh, a good connection with each and every person in your class. Yeah. Maybe a group class, but each person, you know, you have to try to, you know, do your best to create some kind of connection or relationship with that person. You know, I've always tell people, make sure that you're, you're using their name and using it often. People love to hear their own name and it shows you that you're trying to connect with them. And you talked about the eye contact like that, you know, actually really looking into somebody's eyes, using their name and truly listening to what they have to say um, is more than most people in their life are going to do. Um, so I love that those, those are kind of two you talked about. If you had to do say one more, what would you say is another, um, you know, like maybe your third thing that you would say is important, uh, to focus on if you're going to be a great group coach. I think you have to be able to control a group. 
that group control is is very important, especially when it comes to these movements that we want to teach these people. You, if you have a group of 12 to 15, maybe even 20 people at times, like you can't have them all moving at one time. So you have to be able to have these people move in a way that you can be efficient with your, with your, with your coaching guys. So maybe having your warm up break down and you have some people, you, you control them. So we're going to do a deadlift, but we're only going to move when I say move. You know, we're going to start in that setup position and then we're going to go with an empty barbell up to the knee, pause at the knee. I'm going to check everyone that's moving, seeing that back angle and see how they're, how they're set up. And then we're going to finish the movement at the top. So just controlling the movements of people and being able to dissect and help each person what they need the help with the most. I think that you got to be able to uh, be effective as a coach in controlling people's movement. Riley, what would you say is the best way to get better at that? If you are a coach, does it mean, is it just a lot of hands-on experience? Is it actually failing a few times? Maybe try some things that don't work. Like, what oh, would yeah. you advise? Oh, yeah. I definitely, there's, there's a couple of my, uh, like methods there. I definitely have crashed and burned more than, more than a few times. You know, you see what works and you see what doesn't work and you learn from other coaches, man. Like I can't stress that enough. Like I've had so many good other coaches around me to, to show me what works and what doesn't. And I haven't been afraid to ask, ask another coach like, Hey dude, like, I mean, I've got this group of 20. How would you do this? Or, you know, collaborate with other coaches. Like, you know, no one ever learned anything that was worth anything by themselves so I usually try to outsource man if I got a question I'll call Josh or I'll ask Peter our owner and what have you done what have you seen with this have you seen success with this kind of warm-up or this warm-up or you know always down to uh, ask questions I love it man so don't be afraid to seek outside help you gotta have that you gotta have that network have that community to rely on Your, your way is definitely not the only way so definitely seek out like outsource information Every, a good coach is a good thief, and I've said that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Great advice. I love that, man. I think that's so that's so important, dude. And I think that it applies to so much more than just coaching, too. You know, we have so many clinicians that like that listen to all this kind of thing, too. And it's like, you know, yeah, we're all going to have days where we don't feel great, but that patient still needs your best. They need everything that you have on that day. Trying to create the connection with them, even you know, some clinics are not as uh, not as great as Vertex. They're going to have double bookings, and you're going to be running people through. and And if you're not actively trying to really connect with that person each and every time they come in, listen to what they have to say. Um, you know, give them your full attention, being present, may, remembering that even if you're having a crappy day, like you still have to make sure that that person is getting what they need. Uh, so I think there's a lot of parallels in, in more than just coaching but those points you know those points are, are awesome for success in any field yeah i feel like i'm very passionate another i'm adding a bonus one in here bonus <laughs> bonus um <laughs> you gotta do your homework as a coach man you gotta you gotta listen to podcasts with physical therapists that are awesome you gotta <laughs> read nutritional books like you gotta be on the internet like you gotta you gotta be on your grind like constantly learning and taking in information if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Like, oh, yeah. I love you gotta, that. You got to keep grinding. You don't grind or you don't shine until you grind, you know? <laughs> you no, that is awesome. Is that, yeah, oh, where'd that come from? special right there. Mixtape. <laughs> Coming soon, baby. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think I love it. If you're not growing, you're dying. Or what's – I can't remember the uh, yeah. that, that, that saying or where it came from, but I love that, man. Um, I think it's so important. Uh, yeah, that's why I always – I always try to tell people when they ask me what I think about, you know, what makes a great coach is that the moment you think you 
really know what you're doing, then you probably <laughs> need to stop coaching because it's like it is a constant learning process. And it's the same thing with physical therapy, man. If you're doing the same things you learned in school, um, by the time you graduate from school, a lot of it's probably I want to say outdated, but there's already been new oh, yeah. research it, coming out. Yeah, I mean it's it, it gets outdated fast. It, yeah, it does, man. I mean, you used to walk into PT clinics where people are just doing hot packs, stem, and ultrasound, and mm-hmm. it's like that is you know it. it it's just sad, honestly. And, you know, that's the same thing with coaching, man. If you're, you know, if you started coaching in, you know, you know, 20 years ago and you haven't changed from the way you coached 20 years ago, you know, you're doing a disservice to every person that you work with. Um, so I love that, man. I think that's so important. I'm glad that you brought that up. That's a good bonus right there. Bonus. <laughs> Thank you, Plies. Yeah. <laughs> Riley, uh, what else you got brewing? I heard you're taking some Spanish lessons. Dude, so I planned a big trip to Chile, South America, come Christmas time. And I've got some uh, friends. Shout out to my friend Andres and Italo down in Santiago, Chile. Um, they are hosting me for the holidays this, uh, this December. So I've been taking some Spanish lessons I'm, my goal of mine is to be able to, you know, coach a, coach a uh, crossword class in Spanish. Like that's, that's another challenge, another thing I'm trying to learn. Like I'm trying to grasp that from another angle because I mean, you never know who you're going to deal with. Who's going to walk in the door. If I could open up a class to just simply speaking Spanish, like I feel like that could open our demographic to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, just, at the end of the day, I just kind of want to help people get fit in other languages. That's so great, man. That experience is going to be so great. Even, even outside of the learning to speak Spanish and everything they're going through for that, but going to a country and then working with people where maybe you don't have the words that you're looking for when you're working with that person and you have to rely on something else, visual yeah. cues, tactile cues. You have to really, you know, use every bit of your coaching in that instance. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be an awesome experience and really going to help you grow as a coach, uh, in a lot of different ways. Definitely a challenge, but, uh, uh I'm going to meet it and I try to do the best I can. That's awesome, man. Well, well, Riley, I know you're, you're ever the philosophical one. I read your inscription on the brick at the gym. Every time I go and pick up a dumbbell, yes. you got any parting words of wisdom for us before we sign yeah. off? You set this up for me so perfectly. <laughs> um, and the one I've been uh, repeating to myself lately is if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if you're not ready to make a change on whatever you're doing, like then it's never really going to change. So until you set yourself up to do something different than you have been doing, you won't see what you want to see. Boom. Like deep. <laughs> We're getting deep on the better faster podcast. <laughs> like, today. I always end it like that. Thanks Brandon. You know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm sitting, I'm actually at the gym as we're recording right now and I can see the brick that Riley uh that Riley inscribed on, man. It's every day you walk in. Man, I'm getting words of wisdom from Riley even with, even though he's not here anymore. Did it on a whim and it wasn't really something I had planned to do and I just found a sharpie and I was like, "Well, I just I'm not really going to ask permission for this. I'm just going to do it and leave." And uh it's been great. I just get a random like photo from someone on Instagram or or in a text like, "Hey, thinking about you." So it's been, it's been a cool, it was probably the coolest thing that I did. Still making an impact back at home. Got to do it, man. That's right. Oh, yeah, man. Well, Riley. Riley. Oh, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for coming on the podcast. And I uh, hope you continue to crush it out there in the, in the desert. And uh, before we sign off, can you let the people know where they can find you? If yes, they want to look you up. Find me at Riley Kilbride on Instagram. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y-K-I-L-B-R-I-D-E. Yes, I'll be there uh, doing all the things that I do. 
Yeah, man, I can't wait to have you back in a couple months here. Um, yeah, and here in Columbia. October, man, we're gonna have to plan some uh, some good training. Uh, definitely gonna have to get some coffee down a drip. If mm-hmm. you guys want to sponsor me, shout out to Drip. <laughs> drip Coffee. We're looking for podcast sponsors, by the way. Yeah. You know, we're gonna throw that out there. If Drip <laughs> Coffee or anybody just has this feeling that they want to support the podcast, we're not gonna say no to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, dude, I, I would love to come by the clinic, say hello, shake some hands. You guys have been. Uh, really instrumental in me learning things while not even being around. So I'm forever grateful for you guys. Well, we appreciate, appreciate that, buddy. That. And we, I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to have you up here again. Um, we'll have to go out and celebrate, have a good time. But, um, and, you know, with a few adult sodas, maybe. Maybe, maybe a couple, a couple of daddy sodas. A couple of daddy sodas. But um, yeah, if you need to find out more about us, you can go to betterfasterpodcast.com or at betterfasterpodcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Leave us a review. Thanks to Brandon and all his technical wizardry. We are now on like iTunes and Spotify and was it Google Play? I don't even know. We're everywhere now. So all of them them now. All the the platforms. All the platforms now. So thank you, Brandon, for doing that because that's so outside of my realm of expertise. So um, please check us out uh, and subscribe. Leave a comment, a review. Check out. We got a couple courses coming up in, uh, you know, September, I believe, is we have a running course. And in October, I'm sorry, November is the running course. Is that correct, Brandon? It's November 10th. Is that right? November 10th and 11th. Yeah, that's right. November 10th, 11th. And the week prior to that is the body tempering course with the one and only Diane Thompson, um, also right here in Columbia. So you can get back-to-back great weekends of some great information. So be on the lookout for information on, on that and let us know if you have any more questions. If you want to know more from me, go to CPT underscore strength on Instagram. Or for Brandon, go to at VertexPT. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.